You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Just when you wondered whatever happened to What's-His-Face, What's-His-Face has returned off and running on this Tuesday. What is it, May 26th? I don't even know. We're back in our old regular old stomping grounds for our normal 60 minutes. Yesterday filled in for the... uh D. Pietro Canty and Rothenberg show. Fun to do that for three hours yesterday. Had some good stuff yesterday. Have some good stuff today. This, of course, is the Gordon Damer show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. How is everyone feeling on this Tuesday? Hopefully you had a safe and restful Memorial Day. Somebody pointed out to me on Twitter, you don't say happy Memorial Day. Because of the the reason we have Memorial Day. Uh, to me, that's somebody who probably gets offended about things that uh, really are not, I think, saying a happy day off, you know, as long as you're using the day, at least at some point, to think about the reason why you have that day off. To actually be offended by that, I think, is, is a bit of overkill. But hopefully you had a very safe Memorial Day. Are we still doing the safe thing? Because every time I go on Twitter, it doesn't seem like there's that many people who are still doing the safe thing. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But we will uh, keep you busy over the next hour as we run through it all. Of course, the the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. On Twitter, at Gordon Damer, the march towards 5,000 followers. It's not exactly a sprint. No one said it will. It's, you know, kind of two steps forward, two steps back, fall, break your ankle, then pull yourself along with your hands. If you could, I guess you could technically call it a march if you want. But uh, the, the, the march, the move towards 5,000 followers continues there. And we'll have the poll question going in a different direction today for the poll question. There were some sports-related things that, you know, kind of thought about, and then I went another direction, so we'll get that up and running in a little bit. Also, you can find me on Instagram. Big thanks to uh, Alex Lee, who filled in for Peter yesterday on the K-Show doing ENN with a nice shout-out on ENN. So uh, Instagram is where I put up the daily stories, which are not anything to do really with me. They're just funny clips that I find from the old interwebs that we post every day and people seem to enjoy. So you can certainly follow me on Instagram. But among the topics to get to today, Eli Manning has joined Twitter. Mike Tyson fans... Look like you're going to get your wish. How often does that happen? Something you ask for, and it looks like you might get it. And today, probably the biggest day in what is, by all accounts, a huge week for Major League Baseball. And a question that pops up every couple of years, and that only really has one right answer. And that will be the focus of the poll question, but we'll get to that in a little bit. But let's start with some good news. How often do we start with good news, right? Everybody always tells me I'm too negative. Uh, but let's start with the good news right off the bat. Georgetown Hoyas uh, basketball coach Patrick Ewing is recovering at home. That after a weekend stay at a hospital after being diagnosed with the coronavirus. So good news there that Patrick well enough to return home and, and kind of continue to uh, deal with the symptoms that uh, did not require a hospitalization at this point. On Monday, Patrick Ewing Jr. tweeted out that his father's coronavirus symptoms are being watched and that, quote, now home and getting better. So great news there. It was Friday that uh, Patrick uh, Sr. 
had uh, the word got out that he had tested positive for coronavirus and was being treated at a hospital. And it's scary anytime anybody's name gets mentioned with that testing positive. But then I would think uh, when you have to be hospitalized, that has to be just another level of panic. So thankfully, he was able to uh, recover enough and be able to recoup at home. So good news there. That that will conclude the good news portion of the show. We're, what, four minutes in? The good news is over because today is the day that Major League Baseball is set to, reportedly, present their financial offer to the Players Association. Of course, you remember the the original offer went basically nowhere, that uh, 50-50 revenue split, which was a non-starter for the players. So you'd have to think no matter what they come up with now, it has to be – better received than that was because that I mean that was a a Led Zeppelin flying over fell flat in its face and I think the owners probably had to know that that was going to be the case and it was really just about winning the PR battle at least in the eyes of I don't even know if it's fans so much as it is just the casual observer but Ken Rosenthal reports that um, one topic one area where maybe there might be some wiggle room at least on the the end of the players is deferring salaries, right? They've already agreed to the the prorated bonus, uh, the, the prorated portion of the salary for this year. You're only going to play 80 games. You're only going to pay half your salary. So it seems like, at least in the eyes of the players, that while they have put out there that they're not going to have any further reductions, they will not accept any further reductions, very much a line in the sand, at least internally, they have floated uh, the idea to defer their salaries to some point down the road to kind of alleviate the obvious cash flow issues that the uh, owners are going through and will go through if they decide to have a season without fans in the stands. So obviously there's lots of things that have to be overcome before there will be definitely a season. It still seems like everyone within the game still feels like that there will be a season but obviously, the, the salary issue is the primary stumbling block. And until you get past, I mean, it's like uh, the old thing about uh, real estate. The, the three most important things are location, location, location. It's like the three most important things are salary, salary, salary. So at this point, it's really hard to be on either side. It's always strange to me when I see people on Twitter who, again, they may be, it's just fake outrage. But they're so adamant on one side or the other side. Because at this point, I'm on my side. And my side is, guys, you better work it out because otherwise nobody is going to want to hear whatever reason you have. You know, it's like when your kid does something, right? And they will come up with this excuse and that excuse. And sometimes the excuses. You know, they're, they're pretty good excuses, right? Maybe they do have some basis in reality, but you don't want to hear it. So I don't want to hear it. At this point, I'm not on the owner's side. I'm not on the player's side. I'm on my side. And my side wants baseball. You take a look at the way things have been received during this time sports-wise, right? Everything, it's almost like everything gets bumped up a little bit. Anything that's good, this is great. Anything that's great, this is the greatest thing of all time. Because we're so desperate to have something back. And we're so desperate to get to back to some sense of normalcy. So at this point, I'm not on the owner's side or the player's side. I'm on my side. And my side wants some baseball. And if you're going to have games in July, you got to have spring training in June. And that kind of means you got to get an agreement 
Maybe not this week per se, but you got to start making some inroads because it doesn't feel like there's any inroads. And I do think the players need to give a little bit. Drawing a line in the sand is is going to really hurt them in the long run. It was pretty clear that that March agreement laid out that they were going to have to revisit things if no fans were allowed in to make out the point now that oh that's that that's outrageous. But but you know we made our agreement and that no it was pretty well laid out at the time. If people were not allowed to gather and fans weren't going to be allowed in the stands, there was going to have to be further discussions, which is going on right now. You know, the owners floated a plan. It was not well received. It wasn't received at all, really. Uh, it was shot down right off the bat. And it seems like the players just want what they want. But if there is no baseball season, nobody's going to get paid anything. And to the players, and I think they have to know this by now, if the season doesn't take place, what do you think salaries will look like a year from now? What do you think salaries are going to look like in 2021? It's pretty clear, while I, I don't, I'm not really sympathetic to the owners that much, teams are not going to have as much money coming in. And that's not to say that the owners are without fault, because that story, I'm not sure if it's by The Athletic, I don't know if it's passing, I don't know who had it, about the Angels furloughing employees more aggressively than than most teams or basically any other team, including their scouting department, is, is kind of outrageous. I mean, they, they have the draft coming up on June 10th, and basically all the people are being furloughed beginning on June 1st. And this from an owner in Artie Moreno, who's worth more than $3 billion dollars. So it's it's like when your kid comes to you and, and starts giving you excuses about this thing or that thing, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear that the players are being unreasonable if you're the owners. I don't want to hear if you're the players. We made this agreement back in March. Work it out. Figure it out. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. You better get it done because it certainly seems like every day that goes by, the NBA is getting closer to returning. Yeah, Charles Barkley saying that the people he's talked to, his bosses, that there will definitely be an NBA season. Uh, I know that Jalen Rose, I believe, was on uh, Golik and Wingo, was it yesterday, talking about that the NBA is going to be back. Woj every single day, you know, he's giving you the different options to, to kind of restart the season. So the NBA certainly is moving closer. Adam Silver certainly seems like he's got his finger on the pulse of everything that needs to go on and all the different protocols and, and, and obstacles to overcome to get back. The NHL certainly seems like they're moving in the right direction. The only one who can't seem to get out of their own way is Major League Baseball. So uh, nobody wants to hear it, and if they don't come up with an, a, a, an agreement this week, nobody is going to want to hear it. Nobody's going to want to hear it. All right, so that's the baseball story. Then, remember we had the poll question about uh, our next headline is, it looks like it's going to happen. Mike Tyson has reportedly been offered $20 million to fight in something called the Bare Knuckles Fighting Championship. I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's MMA. I don't know if it's boxing. But it certainly seems like that Mike Tyson, according to the stories, has plenty of options if he does want to return to the ring, it's pretty clear, we've already kind of run through this, that the appetite from fans is clearly there. And 
He's posted more videos of working out. It looks like he's in great shape again, which, given the current state of the world, is very impressive. To be getting into shape or back into shape at his age during quarantine, I'm not saying you deserve the Nobel Peace Prize, but you deserve something. You deserve some sort of award because that's a very, very tall – that's a tall task, and he is apparently – uh, been able to pull it off. So he says he's got lots of different options, maybe a charity fight against Evander Holyfield, which I don't think would be all that interesting. I think that, you know, boxing is one of those things. What's the line? You can't play boxing. You gotta, you gotta go fight. And as I said, TV viewing habits, if there was ever a time for a 53 year old who has not fought in 15 years and was washed up when he was, last time he was to get back into the boxing ring, and take part in some sort of fight against somebody, this would be the time. Because TV viewing habits were all so desperate for any kind of sporting event whatsoever. You saw that the golf do did, um, from the weekend, did unbelievable ratings. Highest rated golf event, I, I think it was, I don't know how long, it couldn't have been ever, but it was certainly it was higher rated than even the last dance, which shows you that the desire for sports, the desire for some sort of normalcy, is so great right now. You'll watch NBA documentaries from 20 years ago. You'll watch golf where the golf is terrible. Nobody really cares. We're just trying to fill that hole. So if Mike Tyson is ever going to do it, this would be the time. Now, that said, is this a good idea? Oh, God, no. It's almost certainly a terrible idea. As I said, he's 53 years old. He's not fought in 15 years. Reminder, he was terrible 15 years ago. And it almost seems like And maybe he needs the money. I don't know. It doesn't seem like he needs the money. But it almost seems like that Mike Tyson has forgotten Mike Tyson's most famous quote. And that is, everyone's got a plan until you get hit. You know, there's a reason why there's not a seniors boxing league. So, but it seems like that's moving in the right direction, at least for Mike Tyson. And certainly for the fans, which are many of them, that want to see Mike Tyson back in the ring. Maybe it's just nostalgia. Maybe it's just you're so desperate for something to watch. But is it a good idea? Almost certainly no. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we'll talk a little Jets because the Jets made a move on Friday that made all the sense in the world, but yet for some reason it actually got received pretty negatively. We'll give you the latest on uh, Jamal Adams, which is not (laughs) – here's the news. The latest is nothing has changed. But I'll I'll explain to you why that's kind of interesting coming up. And then the poll question. Went a little different direction today. Apparently, this conversation comes up every once in a while. And the reason why I find it interesting is because there, when you first hear it, you think, hmm, that's a really debatable point. But the more you think about it, there is actually a right answer, even if you kind of come to it begrudgingly. So yesterday on Around the Horn, you know how they had to kind of tweet out the in-between, you know, the commercial breaks, they'll have a conversation about something. So yesterday, they were having the conversation about what's the best American band of all time. And they, they kind of batted it around. Somebody brought up Bruce Springsteen and the East Street. I mean, come on. I mean, that's not a band. That's Bruce Springsteen. That's a singular act. I floated this uh, to my wife, and she <laughs> immediately said the Beatles. I said, sweetie, I don't know if you're aware. The Beatles are not from America. Oh, she said, oh, American. Okay. That's why it's a debatable point, right? If it was just best band of all time, it would either be Led Zeppelin or or the Beatles or or something like that. So the best American band of all time, which seems kind of debatable, 
But it's really, really not. So I'll give you what the correct answer is, and we'll open up the poll question uh, right now. It's on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, so you can uh, vote on it there, and probably most people will get it wrong. Kind of laid out the headlines of uh, the morning there in that first segment. Obviously, baseball is a, a major topic of discussion as they apparently are set to kind of t- talk about the financials, which are the, the, the biggest stumbling block that they have to work through. And if they can work through that, you would have to assume that baseball will be able to figure out a way to have a season. And if they can't, they won't. And this is the week that's going to kind of tell you if, uh, if, if, the, if something is going to, I'm not saying that you have to, I don't think come up to an agreement this week, but I think that there has to be some sort of progress because since they've been talking about stuff, there hasn't been any. And if you're going to have games in July, you're going to have to have spring training in June, which means by the end of this month, which is quickly approaching, you're going to have to come up with some sort of agreement. The NBA certainly seems like they're moving in the right direction. Much more definitive statements being made about the NBA will be back. They will conclude this season, which is awesome that we will eventually. Now, the time frame is still up in the air, and it's largely out of their hands to a certain degree, right? Everything's kind of out of our hands at this point to a certain degree. But that will be awesome as well when and if you uh, get some some clarity on that. We talked about Mike Tyson and the uh, desire to, uh, fans at least, to see him back in the ring. And it looks like that's actually going to happen. I mean, how many times do fans, you know, fans generally don't get what they want. And especially at this time, a lot of fans don't get what they want. Uh, but it certainly seems like that is going to happen in some form or another, especially with the report that there's $20 million hanging out there for Mike Tyson. Kind of hard to turn that down. It's almost like the the question when you were a kid, like, would you fight Mike Tyson for $20 million? Now that question has turned into, will Mike Tyson fight for $20 million? But let's talk a little bit of uh, Jets, a little football, because two things uh, regarding them that I uh, found interesting. Friday, they signed Joe Flacco to a one-year deal to be the backup. Now, there's some questions about his health because he had neck surgery, I think it was in April. So some question, I guess, if he will be healthy to start the season doesn't seem like he would be able to play in the preseason as things stand right now. But I couldn't get over the amount of negativity surrounding that move when you consider last year, the Jets were had basically no chance to win three games. They went into three games last year with basically no chance to win them. Zero chance because they had Luke Falk as their starting quarterback. And with all due respect to Luke Falk, he's not he's not a he's not an NFL quarterback. He might be a prospect that teams feel like they might be able to mold, but he's not. And that played out. Now, in fairness, Trevor Simeon was supposed, I kind of forgot about that because he got so hurt so quickly, but it wasn't like Trevor Simeon in his short time being the starter was setting the world on fire all that much anyway. So I'm not saying that Joe Flacco is good anymore, but can he come into a game and not actually lose the game single-handedly? Yes. Yes, he can. And that is considering where the, the drop off from one to two was last year. I'm again, I'm not saying that Joe Flacco is, he's clearly declined at this point and there are, there is a health concern that you'd have to be worried about. 
And if they had been able to sign maybe Andy Dalton to be the backup, I would have felt better about that than than Joe Flacco. But that didn't happen. But at least if it turns out that Sam Darnold misses a game and you know you have to go to the backup quarterback and the backup quarterback is Joe Flacco, at least you don't go into that game knowing there's almost – unless something crazy happens – we have no chance to win. And that was the case with Luke Falk last year. You had no chance to win those games. None. So I know Joe Flacco has kind of been like a punching bag or a, or a punchline at this point of his career because he's not been good for quite some time. But it's not like you're asking him to be all that good. And And the biggest obstacle, I would think, for Joe Flacco is accepting the role as the backup, which I would have to assume if he signed with the Jets – He's accepted that he's accepted that he is in that stage of his career now. That obstacle has been overcome. Speaking of obstacles, then there's the Jamal Adams situation, which is he wants a deal and the Jets are not going to give him one now. That isn't that really what it comes down to? Like people are making it out like this situation is so complex and so difficult to understand. No. He wants to be paid right this second. And the Jets, forget about the pandemic, forget about the, the 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 salary cap, forget about they don't want to open a precedent. They don't want to set a precedent where they're paying someone, even as good as Jamal Adams, three years in to a five year deal. They have they have him for two more years locked in. They really have him for longer than that, but at least two more years. They don't want to give him a contract now. It's not about making him the highest paid safety. It's not about any of these other things. It's about they don't want to pay him right now. And so while the, you know, the reports are they've, they've hit this impasse, the impasse is the Jets don't want to do it now. They said that they would talk after the draft. It's after the draft. They talked and the calendar is, is basically the same. Each day the calendar moves a, another day, but that's not far enough along. So the Jets really don't want to offer him a contract now. It certainly seems. And Adams wants his contract right now. So he's going to sit out Zoom meetings. But anytime the contract situation comes up, there's talk that maybe Adams will force a trade. Here is Ian Rappaport from NFL Network, which, of course, when the the talk of trade comes, it seems like there's one team that always comes to mind, and that is the Dallas Cowboys. So is there any possibility Jamal can figure out a way to get traded to the Dallas Cowboys? Here's Ian Rappaport. Well, the Jets would like to do a long-term deal. They're just in the situation of basically every other team right now in the NFL of making sure that everything is going according to his plan, making sure the season really does start on time before they dig into some long-term extension. So, of course, Jamal Adams wants one right now. Who doesn't? It does not sound like that is going to happen. So then, of course, there was the report of an impasse. It's not really an impasse. They just haven't really gotten anywhere yet. And then all the Cowboys reporters and all the Cowboys fans wondering, if he's going to go to Dallas. And from my understanding, there's really nothing there from the Cowboys' perspective. First of all, they would need to take care of Dak Prescott first, their franchise quarterback, not going to come in, sign another player to a huge huge deal before Dak. That's not going to happen. If they eventually did an extension for Dak, maybe in July, potentially they could consider something, but I see nothing uh, imminent right now. All right, so there's Ian Rappaport from NFL Network. So, that I mean, that's the deal. We can kick this around every once in a while. And really, the question for the question should come up to Jamal. Would he rather be paid in a year, 
by the Jets, which it seems like that's what they want to do, right? They, they, I, I don't really think that there's any question that they'll make him the highest paid safety. I don't think that there's any real question about building around uh, a safety. Is that, is that a position you build your team? I think that that question has been removed. I think that they are comfortable paying him, paying him what he, you know, in the ballpark of what he would want. But they want to do it a year from now. They don't want to set a precedent where they're paying even someone as good as Jamal earlier than they have to, especially given some of the other uncertainties. But that even the other uncertainties is not really the issue. They don't want to pay him now. So the real question to Jamal is, would he rather get paid in a year by the Jets or would he rather get paid now by somebody else? I think the, the answer is pretty clear. I think he would rather be paid now by someone else. And I can understand that from a from an NFL player's perspective, that it's a very dangerous sport. It's the all sports. It, it could change in an instant. It could change in a play, and, and maybe no sport greater than the NFL. So I get why he would want to force the issue as much as he can. But there's only so much he can do. And and really, I don't think that the the situation in the world. Is impacting his court, impacting his, uh, his, his contract situation as much as it is affecting the other teams who might certainly have interest in Jamal under a normal situation and making a deal for him under a normal situation. But I think with the uncertainty of the world, I think those other teams would probably want to lie back. For the Jets, I don't think it's that uncertainty so much as it is. They just don't want to pay him right now. They want to pay him a year from now. And he doesn't want to wait that long. So that's the uh, Jamal Adams situation. Certainly can get involved. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. But the poll question, oh, the poll question. You know, I've been floating the idea in my own head, and I battered around with the voices inside my head, of doing one day of poll questions a week, like a regular day, maybe Friday, maybe Monday. Although Monday, no, Monday wouldn't be. Maybe a Thursday or a Friday where it's a non-sports poll question, right? We had so much fun and so much uh back and forth with the rewatchable movie bracket that maybe we should set out a day where it's a non-sports question. So today, it's a Tuesday, but I decided to break it out today. And uh, it is up on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. You have to pick one of the four following. The best American band of all time. Gave you four options. They are the Eagles, the Beach Boys, Aerosmith, or Metallica. Only can go with four. I know people are going to complain, well, what about this band? What about, you know, the rewatchable movie bracket taught me anything. It's, it's it, Everybody has an opinion. And uh, apparently uh, mine are always wrong. But th- those are the four options I gave you. And you can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. So coming up, I'll give you what the the actual answer is. Because this is one where, yeah, I guess it's open to debate. I think I gave you four Pretty good options. You could, I think you could make the case for each of those. Metallica's in there because I couldn't give you all bands from the 70s. You know what I mean? Like I had to give you something a little bit more recent. So we put that one in there. Uh, but I'll give you what the actual right answer is. And it really, there is actually a right answer. So uh, we'll do that coming up. SCA won the draw. Let's declare it around. John McLean center. For the empty net, Mark Messier, do you believe it? Do you believe it? He said we will win game six. He has just picked up the hat trick. All right, 
right, so you go. Moment of inspiration. Yesterday was the anniversary of Mark Messier delivering on his guarantee that the Rangers would uh, beat the Devils in Game 6. Obviously, that forced the Game 7. That forced Mato, Mato, Mato. And uh, the Rangers going and eventually winning the Cup in 94. So who says we don't talk hockey? We do it all the time. Just comes from uh, 30 years ago. So there you go. Your moment of inspiration for this Tuesday morning. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York, 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. So uh, we've talked about uh, all the, the stories of the morning, in case you're just joining us. Baseball, big day today, as the owners and players are reportedly set to sit down once again. And maybe this is the real first sit-down, right? Because the, when baseball and the league presents an offer... They get shot down right out of the box like that 50-50 proposal got shot down right out of the box. It's pretty clear that that one had no chance and the owners would have, I mean, if they don't, if they didn't know that that had no chance of actually getting subtraction with the players, well then they're probably screwed, right? Like if, you, if you're so bad at negotiating that you didn't realize that at the time, well then, there's probably there's not enough time to be able to negotiate properly and get focused in the right direction that uh, will lead to uh, some sort of an agreement. But today's the day where they're supposed to sit down. We touched on Jamal Adams. We touched on the, the Jet stuff. But our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, this got talked about yesterday. And it gets talked about, it gets banded about every every once in a while. Best American band. Best, who's the best American band? We gave you four options. I can only give you four. I can't give you 12. I would love to. We're not doing a bracket for this. We've already went through that. Uh, so which is the best band of all time? And I gave you the four options that I think you could make it conceivable. I, I don't, I'll be, let's be honest right off the bat. I don't think Metallica really belongs here, but I had to give you something a little bit more updated. I think Metallica a lo- around a little bit longer than Pearl Jam. It was either going to be Metallica or Pearl Jam in that spot. I went with Metallica because it's a little bit different than the other three. Uh, but I don't think that Metallica really has a, a strong case for the best American band of all time. So it really comes down to the other three. And I'll be honest with you, as someone of a certain age, uh, this is not the band that I find myself listening to. I would say this, I would say I probably only listen, only really like one or two songs of theirs. But I think when you're coming up with the answer to this, and you really kind of do some research at all, the only real acceptable answer is the Beach Boys. The Beach Boys answer kind of every question uh, 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 that you would have about all the things that would go into the best of all time. They're influential. They're around for a long time. They, They hit on all these things. And the most important thing is, to me, they have 20 songs. That if you played them for basically anybody, they wouldn't, oh, that's the Beach Boys. Oh, they, yeah, that, that's another hit. Oh, yeah, I know. And you, I don't even think that I know that many Beach Boys songs. But if you go on like uh, iTunes or, you know, YouTube and you put in the Beach Boys and you hit the, the individual song, you're like, oh, yeah, I do know that song. Oh, yeah, I do know that song. I do know that song. So for all due respect, the Eagles, who I saw not that long ago, and I, <laughs> at this point, guess I'm not going to get to see them again, at least not anytime soon, or Aerosmith, which... It's an amazing story from, you know, the, the, the success they had in the seventies and then they, you know, kind of went away and then kind of came back and were able to be even more popular than originally. 
I think the only real acceptable answer to this question is the Beach Boys. And it's not a band that I even like. But right now, the Beach Boys is coming in last. Maybe that's the recency bias. But the Beach Boys have been around since the 60s. And and not that longevity is probably the best indicator. It has to be about, you know, the peak of it, the influential nature of it, having songs that everybody kind of knows. I think all four kind of have that. But I don't think that anybody really has that more than the Beach Boys. So for me to be arguing in favor of something that I don't even really like, uh, I think that that uh, should uh, probably uh, – and everybody kind of knows those songs as well. Everybody knows those songs. So not my first choice, but that would be – I think it's really the only acceptable choice. It's really the only acceptable choice. And so I'm sure that there will be a deluge of other people coming up with other bands. Uh, somebody brought up The Doors. The Doors were like around for like five years It's kind of hard to make the argument that – and it wasn't like their peak – you know, if you're going to go with something that's like the top peak of uh, a very short shelf life, I think you'd probably come up with something more along the lines of Guns N' Roses. They had a – you know, or Nirvana, very short peak, but it was a powerful peak. But I think you have to be around longer than five years to be the greatest band of all time in, 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 in rock, in, in American music. All right. 1-800-919-ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Let's get some phone calls involved this morning. We'll go out to, where is it? Henry is in the truck. Henry, what's going on, my man? Hey, morning, Gordon. Uh, I just want to compare that Mike Tyson thing, uh, to, uh, Muhammad Ali versus Larry Holmes. Right. That ended really bad for Ali. Uh, he took a beating in that fight. I remember Larry Holmes literally was in tears after that fight. Yeah. Because of the beating. And, um, yeah, this is a bad idea. Of course, everyone wants to see Tyson fight, but especially bare knuckle, like, he's out of his mind. Yeah, I, I don't know. It seems like, Henry, that he has a lot of different options available to him, so I don't know necessarily. The, the, the money offer is apparently from this bare knuckles fighting league or whatever. Um, that, uh, I don't know necessarily that that would be the one that, I would assume if there's one offer, there's probably a bunch, a bunch of them. And, and, and I guess it would be about what he feels most comfortable doing. Maybe he feels like, uh, at the age of 53 that he wants to try MMA. <laughs> I would not think that that would be a good idea. If he has advisors, I think that that would be something that they would want to uh, try to advise him against. But could he get back in the ring in some sort of, um, you know, celebrity boxing match? I guess. I think it's almost certainly a bad idea. And, and you brought up the Muhammad Ali, Larry Holmes fight. Uh, I'm pretty sure that that bout had like the, ta- you know, like they have taglines for fights, right? The rumble and the jungle. I'm pretty sure that the tagline for that fight was like something like the last goodbye or the last hurrah or something along those lines. That's a sign that if you're the person who is saying, hey, here's the last hurrah in boxing, that's not a good person to be. Because the the light switch gets flipped off very quickly in that sport, maybe more so than any other. So, yeah, it, it's not really all that surprising in hindsight that uh, that Muhammad Ali did, was not competitive in that fight at all. Uh, and that Larry Holmes, you know, beat him from pillar to post. So and I don't I don't remember how old. Um, Muhammad Ali was, I can tell you right now, 
he wasn't 53 years old and not have having boxed in 15 years. Like if, if, if when you it's one of those things that when you first hear it, you're like, hey, Mike Tyson. Oh, man, I'd be interested in that. And then as soon as you scratch the surface in any way, you realize it's a terrible idea for Mike Tyson. It's great for us, but we're all, you know. We're all animals and savages who will watch a boxing match because we like – it's, it's a powerful image. We like seeing people get hit in the face, especially when it's not us. But, yeah, in terms of um, a, a good idea, no, I think it's pretty clearly it's not a good idea. The whole question is so is so close right now. Basically, all four options are at like 24 to 26 percent, which either is a sign that I have come up with an amazing poll question or – Nobody really has a strong opinion either way, and they're just they're voting on it. But and look, that's what we want at Twitter at Gordon Damer or on Twitter at Gordon Damer. But uh, it's not one that uh, really resonates. But you know, it's there. I always feel like if I see a poll question on Twitter, even if I don't really have a strong opinion on it, I feel like I, 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 there's an obligation, right? There's, there's a you're on the app. You may what else? Clearly, you have nothing important to do if you're strolling through Twitter and and, and scrolling along. So uh, vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. But it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York, in case you're just joining us on this Tuesday morning. Uh, among the stories that we have been discussing, and certainly will continue to do so at 1-800-919-ESPN, the good news portion, which took maybe, what was it, about maybe 45 seconds, the good news portion of the show, we led right off the top about uh, Patrick Ewing recovering at home. That after being in the hospital over the weekend dealing with coronavirus, so the fact that he is now home after testing positive and then needing hospitalization, uh, that certainly did not look like it was going in a good direction. But the fact that he is already out of the hospital, uh, the story first, I think, came out on Friday, so already back at home uh, and uh, is recovering there. That is uh, good news and a step in the right direction, right? It's scary any time anybody tests positive, but I think when you see that they have been hospitalized, that obviously the panic level goes to a higher level. So thankfully, he was able to have just the short hospital stay and now is going to be able to recoup at home. And hopefully Patrick is on the mend and feeling 100% very soon. That was the positive portion of the show. We rolled through it very, very quickly. Maybe John Krasinski can do a whole good show on uh, some good news, but not me. No, then they have the baseball story, which is not good news. Hopefully, by the end of the day, it will be better news. Hopefully, by the end of the week, it will be clear that baseball has made up all this ground. But I think as time goes on, it seems more and more likely. And I'm not maybe at 50% yet, but it's creeping closer to 50%. And as soon as it creeps to 50%, it's going to be heading in the other direction about expecting the worst rather than hoping for the best. But this is the week that Major League Baseball has to really start making some ground, making some progress in towards coming up with an agreement. And you would think that today is maybe the most important day in the week because today is the day that Major League Baseball is set to sit down or at least touch base with the Players Association and kind of present a new financial proposal, right? They, they came up with the first one that got shot out of the sky right off the bat, which was the 50-50 revenue split, which the players had no – it was a non-starter right from jump, didn't consider it in any way, and I have to think that the owners knew that. So Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic reports that uh, deferring salary is something that the players have at least mentioned within – you know, internally that 
publicly. It's, you know, we've made our agreement back in March. The prorated salaries, that's the only thing we're going to come up with. That's the only thing we're willing to do. We agreed to that. We're not going to agree to anything else. We're not going to accept anything. And look, the players, they do have, you know, when when you go through the reasoning, there is some reasoning. I can understand where they're coming from. But it's pretty clear that, that the salary issue is the primary stumbling block. And it's I know that there are some people who are apparently on the player's side or the owner's side. I'm on my side. And my side is, guys, work it out, get it done, because I don't want – nobody is going to want to hear whatever excuses you have, however well-reasoned they might be, nobody is going to want to hear it. You want games in July, you want spring training in June, get an agreement done this week. I do think that if I had to say who it's a little bit more on at this point, I do think it's a little bit more on the players, not a lot more. Because you can't just say in a negotiation, which this clearly is, whether the players want to be in a negotiation or not, whether or not they think the negotiations are over, they're not. Drawing a line in the sand is going to hurt them more in the long run. It's pretty clear at this point the March agreement laid out they were going to have to revisit things if no fans were allowed in. There's not going to be any fans allowed in. The owners at least presented some offers. This is the second one that they're going to present. The players have basically said, no, we already agreed to a deal and we're not going to agree to anything else. And if there's no baseball, nobody's going to get paid. And what do the players think the salaries are going to look like in 2021? They're not going to, it's not like they're all of a sudden going to say, oh, well, that thing's over now. Woof, good thing. Now let's open up the bank. Let's open up the bank vault. That's not going to happen. Teams don't have money coming in. And while they have some from, you know, from the, the TV and stuff like that, if there's no baseball, there's nothing coming in. And that's not to say that the owners are without fault. As I said, the Angels and Artie Moreno, you know, basically laying people off and furloughing people with the, the draft taking place in a couple of weeks. You know, Artie Moreno is worth $3 billion. That's not a good look for the owners. So they're not without blame. But again, it's not about placing blame. There'll be plenty of blame to go around if they don't come to some sort of agreement this week. And then the other headline, which is kind of surprising, we talked about it, but I didn't actually think that this <laughs> – I put it out into the universe. I didn't think that the universe would answer back, but it looks like that things are moving forward. Mike Tyson possibly going to fight someone somewhere. There's a report that he has been offered $20 million to fight in something called the Bare Knuckles Fighting Championship. Uh, I don't know if that's the, the direction – I would assume that that's kind of a more of an MMA – kind of uh, an event and i don't know usually at 53 years of old 53 years of age being retired for 15 years that's not generally the time people get into mma but you know look maybe mike uh, this is the time uh i think that there's the appetite is clearly there for people right now especially more so because of quarantine we're all looking for something to uh, keep our minds occupied and between the golf or the last dance it's it's been pretty clear that any sports content whatsoever if it's ever going to work, now is the time for it to work. And even at 53, 15 years retired, after being you know pretty much washed up 15 years ago, there's an appetite for Mike Tyson to step back in the ring to fight someone somewhere. But uh, as I said earlier, it, in terms of is it a good idea? No, it's a terrible idea. It's almost certainly a terrible idea. 
And I think that Mike Tyson has forgotten his own most famous line. Everyone has a plan until you get hit. It's all well and good to be working out and to get in shape and to do all these things. But when you actually get in the ring and, the you know, punching those bags is all well and good. Those bags don't punch back. So uh, those are the main headlines of the day. And, of course, our poll question, best American band of all time, four options for you. You can vote on on uh, Twitter at Gordon Dame. All right, let's squeeze some calls in here before we run out of time. Let's go out to uh, Greg in East Meadow. Greg, what's going on, my man? Uh, baseball, but first, the idea of seeing Mike Tyson hit somebody bare knuckle is kind of, it's kind of scary. Um, listen, if baseball draws its money from, say, a pool, like, you know, normally what it's worth, like $9 billion a year, whatever, whatever the number is, and that's been reduced to, say, $4 billion a year, I'll make up a number saying 60%. And why doesn't everybody just take a 60% cut across the board? It may, it, it maintains that exact ratio everybody gets their fair share i mean it doesn't seem that difficult to me and by the way the union probably did with most unions do that's why all the baseball players are up in arms it was presented to them in a particular fashion by the union they had no idea what they would you know the, the the membership typically like most unions has no idea what the leadership is talking about because they don't present the full picture and the players thought it was you know it was done and now they're finding out that it really wasn't done yeah, I mean, I, you mean in terms of the agreement back in March? Yes, of course. Yeah. The leadership told them, "Okay, we worked out a deal. It's done. You get this is how it's you know we're getting prorated. You know, and that's it. It was it was more than that. But as usual, if it's the slightest bit complex, the union doesn't give you the full picture because it's too it's too complex to explain. That's always their reason. But I just think the reduction, if it's a sixty cent a sixty percent reduction of the pool, then everybody should take that reduction across the board. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah, I mean, look, Greg, as someone who does not have, uh, you know, a real dog in the fight, uh, I can understand the point. I don't know, you know, the, just the, the, the idea of having a percentage split, it seems like that is kind of a non-starter for the uh, the players' union, that they don't want to go down that, and maybe not necessarily the players. But, look, if there's a union that is going to have the faith of the, uh, the rank and file, I would have to think that the baseball play, you know, you can – you can do all right by just following what the baseball players union has told them to do. That has gotten to them to the position. And it's taken a very, very long time. And, and dissension is the one thing that could, uh, you know, if there's cracks within the rank and file, uh, that's going to be an issue. But you can do all right by just listening to what the baseball players union has told the rank and file to do. They've done pretty well for them. So there's a reason why they're among the sports unions. They are the most powerful and they've done all right. But whether or not, you know, just drawing the line in the sand. And as I've said before, I don't think that the baseball players union is really all that concerned about winning the PR battle, but uh, they, they got to work out some sort of deal here because if, if not this week, uh, things are really going to get ugly, especially when every single solitary day, it seems like all the other sports are moving closer to uh, returning. All right, I think we're, we're already out of time. I'm sorry we did not get to all the phone calls. We will be back tomorrow starting at 5 a.m. Please vote on the poll question. You can tell me uh, there how much of an idiot I am for only picking the four options that I did and how your option is better than those ones. That's uh, generally what the poll question resorts to by this point in the morning. But we'll be back tomorrow at 5. We'll see you. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.